0: After a jam-packed weekend of boxing, of MMA, it is time for another Fight Talk podcast. We have plenty of fights to talk about. We're going to dive into all that and, of course, preview the huge card we have this weekend, multiple titles, return of Nathan Diaz. Uh, It's it's just an exciting time to be a fight fan. John Mosley here, as always, with the man himself, Steven Jensen. Uh, man, it's, we got a lot to get to, bro, but, uh, we had a busy, uh, busy, exciting weekend behind us.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. Uh, and yeah, we're going to talk about the, the, the boxing. We're going to be talking about a lot of stuff today. So yeah, we should just jump right into it. Cause I got a lot of thoughts on, uh, especially I got a lot of thoughts on the, the Mayweather and uh, McGregor thing, or sorry, the McGregor, Mayweather and, uh, and Logan Paul thing, and then, um, yeah, I can't wait to do these predictions for 263 because I'm pumped up for that show.
0: Well, yeah, man, let's get into it. He's been itching to do it. It's his show, Stephen Jensen's thoughts on Logan Paul versus Floyd Mayweather. Of course, no winner. We were told that to begin with, though uh, the only number I'm going to rile off on this this exhibition, Mayweather landed 43 shots to Paul's 28. Um, we both watched it. We both had a good time with it. I think me and you are on that different tier. We probably looked at this fight went into this fight with a different mindset than a lot of these people, but, but uh but yeah, now that it's behind us, Logan Paul, Floyd Mayweather, bro, what uh, what did you think?
1: Dude, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I really did. <laughs> like I so I actually did a watch along for this with Sean Rossap over on the Fightful YouTube channel. And that video has gotten like thirty thousand views or something. Like so many, like so many people were interested in this in this boxing match, this exhibition boxing match. Um, I watched the whole show. It was it was four fights. Uh, you know, the first fight was Chad Ochocinco Johnson against some like bare knuckle fighter who was like zero three in bare knuckle and zero one in pro boxing or something. And it was like raining all night or at the beginning of the night, so like the second fight these guys are like slipping all over the the cash app logo in the middle of the in the ring and so I mean it was a shit show like most of the night there wasn't even fans like in the crowd at all like they pretty much just piled in for the main event like this thing was so bizarre, but yeah, the actual the actual main event that Logan Paul and Floyd mayweather fight dude like I honestly in I I said this quite a bit going into the fight, but like I could say it way more confidently after the fight, like anybody who is talking shit about Logan Paul, like I just feel like you just don't understand, like like what the like how impressive it is that this guy like just the balls it takes alone to just he was oh and one as a pro boxer, like his only his only boxing experience is having an exhibition draw against KSI who's another YouTuber
0: mm-hmm. and
1: he, then he lost to that same YouTuber KSI in a pro fight. And that's it. And he's going in there to fight arguably the best boxer of all time. Probably inarguably the best defensive boxer all of all time. Like and he's probably the best ever at not getting hit. Floyd Mayweather. Mm-hmm. So no doubt. Yeah. So like just the fact that, that Logan made the walk and got in there, that's the, that's a that's a big set of balls right there like you've got to give that respect and then the fact that he he went eight rounds like was it was it prime floyd going for the kill the whole time no but logan was at least going after it like the first round like people were like memeing on you know him, the the clips of of him like at the end of the first round where he's just like teeing off on on floyd but like nothing's really landing but like he's just kind of like rock sock 'em sock robots just throwing at him with each hand but i respect that he did it it's like he, at least he went for it like at least it wasn't some like bullshit celebrity boxing fight where logan just went in there and just backpedaled the whole time and like they didn't actually engage at all like at least logan was trying to beat him and you know logan was throwing a decent jab he, he actually landed like you said mose it was something like 17 strikes or something like actually like legit landed yeah yeah um which is like I mean, just the fact that he landed one on him is impressive of considering the circumstances. I mean, on paper, yeah, Logan is, you know, 18 years younger, had like a seven inch reach advantage and
0: um, 35 pounds.
1: pounds. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's all those physical advantages, Mm -hmm. but nothing can make up for the experience Floyd Mayweather has against the best of the best competition for. I mean, I mean, since the Olympics, you know what I mean? Like it's forever ago. So like i I really, I really, really give a lot of credit to Logan. and even though it wasn't like, you know, it was similar to the McGregor fight in a lot of ways, like I think Floyd let it go as long as it did, right. but but the fact that Logan went in there, and had at least the endurance and the cardio to go to basically to spar eight rounds with with Floyd Mayweather with ten ounce gloves. I mean this this was an eight round. With three minute rounds, yeah. wearing ten ounce gloves, that is like that's basically a pro fight. Most pro fights in that situation would be twelve rounds, but it's but it's like that was basically a pro fight that we witnessed. And it's like Logan, you guys just got to give so much credit to this guy. Like he could have went in there and they could have done like twenty ounce gloves because I think that's what like Lamar Odom versus Aaron Carter that that fight coming up. They I think they're doing like twelve like twenty ounce gloves because you know they're not you know. They're not trying to hurt each other, basically. And it's way harder to knock someone out with like pillow gloves, basically. It's basically like wearing uh those uh, those whatever those things were called that you like blew up like when you were a kid, put on your put on your hands those uh boppers or whatever. It's like yeah, it's like, dude. Yeah. It's, like it's like wearing those things basically. And but so this was the opposite. This was two guys like in a pro fight, you'd wear 10-ounce gloves. Like, so this is I, I just have to give all the credit in the world to Logan for doing that. And I mean, and Floyd. I mean, Floyd didn't look great, but I mean, I mean, he looked. I mean, he looks like he should have for a guy who probably barely trained for this, and you know, was going in there to to put on a show. Like he went in there to entertain. Floyd said it best after the fight. He did a press conference and said something along the lines of, "I was there to entertain. He was there to survive," which is very true. Floyd was there trying to put on a show. Logan was in there trying to beat the best boxer of all time. That's right. You know, and I I think that anybody complaining about anything just doesn't understand what they ordered. Like, this was so much better than 99.9999999% of celebrity boxing fights you'll ever see. It's probably the best celebrity. I mean, it's, it's, it's a celebrity boxing fight, but also, of course, Floyd's legitimate. But, like, anything that's been like this, because you also have to think, like, we, we were talking... Like a year ago or two about that bagel boss guy who was like, who like you like know, went crazy on people for like girls dissing him for being short on Tinder or whatever. I remember that, yeah. Like like he was supposed to like box, you know, fucking Screech or whatever the fuck at one point. And, you know, RIP to Screech, Dustin Diamond. But like, like, like he, those were the kind of guys that were doing celebrity boxing before. You know, it was like that kind of shit. And it's the kind of shit like like Lamar Odom versus Aaron Carter, these fucking clown shows like this was different than that. Like this was actually kind of somewhat competitive and, and Logan. I really I really can't say enough good things about him. I really want to see him doing more boxing. And Scott Coker has also said that he's welcome to fight in Bellator. And like I'd love to see it. Like I I, I say, why not? You know, I, I was very impressed by the whole thing, to be honest.
0: Hey, it's, he landed, they both landed a couple shots that excited me. Like you said, anytime we get to see Floyd, um, I'm gonna, it's worth watching if you're a boxing fan because of uh, just the history there and the story of it, whether it's an exhibition, whether it's whatever, that's someone that has a legit O in their record, that it's always going to be of interest to see if, you know, it's a fight game. We keep saying that anything could happen any night, uh, but, Seeing that zero become a one is always a story. So I'm with you. I had a good time. Um, anyone that's upset we don't have a winner or whatever that I saw, I was like, dude, no one, like, no one pays attention to anything anymore. Like, we have the world at our fingertips, yet people are still like, I can't believe what they told us was going to happen happened.
1: Yeah, for real. Like, I feel like, and part of the reason I'm so like happy about it is it exceeded my expectations like i i i knew that logan was going to come in like and i know he's taken this whole boxing thing very very seriously mm-hmm. and but i didn't think it would be a competitive's a hard word to to say because like because i know so much of it was floyd just being defensive being, yeah yeah but <laughs> Because, like, I, I just really feel like if Floyd just, like, came at him and just threw a bunch of body shots, you know, I just don't know how many body shots Logan would be able to take from him. But, yeah. but you know, that said, like, what, what, we, what we saw was – it was – I mean, it was way more back and forth than I expected it to be. And I definitely didn't expect it to go eight rounds. So, I mean, I, I exceeded my expectations. I mean, and here's the thing. No matter who – no matter what would have happened, you would we we would have all had people like half the people would have been like, oh, like fuck this fight because you know Floyd just went in there and knocked him out really quick. Like this fight was mm-hmm. fucking stupid to begin with. This should have never fucking happened. Or Logan wins and they're like, oh, this fight's fucking stupid. This shit's fucking rigged. Floyd's fucking washed up. Like you like no matter no matter what, people just. That, this is what happens, you know. Just the internet, Everyone's just looking for the reasons to be outraged. So that—that's what would have happened. Because because we even got from this. Oh, Floyd's washed up. He couldn't. He couldn't put away Logan Paul in eight rounds. Oh, Logan Paul, man, he's not a real fighter, bubble, and just like. But but you're talking about it still. Like I saw people tweeting. Like Jake Paul had a hilarious tweet last night that I need to pull up real quick. It said. I'll have it right here last night somebody tweeted uh, shout out to well i won't dox her if you want to go on twitter you can find her name she tweeted i am begging society to stop giving the paul brothers attention and then jake quote tweeted it saying this gave us more attention dumbass <laughs> because it's true like you just tweeted about them like how like you just gave them attention by tweeting about them you, you <laughs> morons like how do you not get
0: it? <laughs> like, I'd love to see it. how I'd do you not get it? It.
1: <laughs> like, it? Oh my god! Oh. so yeah. It's, anyways. That's where I'm at with it. I, and then also when you when you compare it to like the Ocho Cinco fight at the beginning of the night,
0: mm-hmm.
1: same kind of thing for Ocho Cinco though to a degree. Like a part of part of what is also impressive to me about this stuff is these guys are putting their egos on the line by doing this and. Chad Ocho was he the best boxer? No. Did he have the best cardio? No. He was pretty much gassed after the second round, but he lasted four rounds and he won the first round, maybe even won the second round. So it's like Ocho Cinco, like it wasn't, you know, I think, so I think Logan would like destroy Ocho Like it wouldn't even be competitive. But Ocho Cinco's still like, I got to give him credit for doing it. Like, it was a bucket list thing for him. He wanted to to see if he could do any boxing. You know, he almost got knocked out. Uh, he got dropped hard. And he could have easily just thrown in the towel at that point and been like, you know what? Like, it's an exhibition. I'm done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he didn't. He kept fighting after he got almost knocked out cold. So it's like, you know, I got to give him credit for it. And I see people shitting all over that, too. How, how stupid this is. And these bad. It's like, then there's so many things i could say about this like like why are you watching it then like why I mean, why do you think your opinion so fucking valid also like who are you like to be judging these people? like like you're you're the reason they're doing it like you're paying attention you're talking about it it's the same kind of people that don't understand why colby covington keeps getting you know ufc title shots but they're the ones that every time he trolls they feed the troll. Like because they keep talking about it. Because when you go on Twitter and you search the name Colby Covington, there's a shitload of impressions. Because half the people are saying fuck Colby Covington, but it's like, how about you just keep your fucking mouth shut and then like none of this, <laughs> then like none of this happens because he doesn't have enough interest. Like that's that. It's it's so funny to me how people don't understand how they're feeding trolls and like it, it's it's wild. Like that Jake Paul thing was just the perfect example. I don't understand. We need to stop giving attention to the Paul brothers. You just gave them attention on the fucking internet. Like by saying that. Like how do you not how do you not get it? But anyways, so that's where I'm at with all this stuff. Like I actually respect everybody who steps into the into the boxing ring. Uh the other fights were like actually pretty high level boxing fights, like former yep, we champions yep. and stuff. Um the rain kind of fucked up one of the fights, but but it so overall, you know, was it worth $50? It really depends on how you look at it. Like for oh, me, so look at it. yeah. For me, I think it was like I was entertained. You know, do I wish it was ten dollars? Absolutely. You know, and also ask yourself this question to anybody who's complaining about it: Did you pay for it? You know what I mean? Like, if you're <laughs> complaining <laughs> about it, did you pay for it? Because if not, not only do you technically owe them fifty dollars, you you know, you gave them your time and your attention, and you're tweeting about it. So like, they still won. So it's like you know. And Floyd Mayweather is a fucking genius, by the way, I an mean, absolute fucking genius. I saw Joe Rogan saying some stuff about this. And Floyd Mayweather is a fucking genius. This guy openly retired from boxing years ago. So, like, the expectations of him being, like, the best in the world still shouldn't be there for anybody. you got to go into this understanding of what you're watching. Like, Floyd Mayweather openly talks about how he retired from pro boxing, but he never retired from making money he goes in there you know he goes in there to entertain that's why he's doing exhibition fights that's why when he went and fought tension in in japan it was just it was the same kind of thing he knocked out tension like immediately but it was like the same kind of concept these these exhibition fights against celebrities and people from other martial arts like and that's part of it too like with tension or you know tension actually presented a lot of like threats to floyd because like he was such attention such a good kickboxer and that's why i think floyd just went in there and stopped him you know he's like all right i'm not gonna fuck around with this like this guy's got good striking and stuff so i'm just gonna prove that i'm way fucking better than he is went in there dropped him it was you know it was done with with logan there's more of like the you know there's no real there's not a huge threat to floyd so like he doesn't have to be out there like going 110 percent to like try to finish the dude so like there's just so many factors to it, and, and the people that are complaining, I feel like just didn't understand what they were watching, and once again, the people that are complaining probably didn't pay for it anyway, so it's like, what are you even complaining about?
0: They got paid. I think the, the best thing we got out of this was the quote Floyd said something like, he's the, he's the best in the world at uh, legal armed robbery or something like that. Like, <laughs> it, yeah, man, it was, had a good time, all about your expectations again, um, Floyd Mayweather, Logan Paul, no winner. We all had fun, or we didn't. Who gives a shit? I mean, did you uh, think
1: Logan? Did you think
0: Logan looked a lot better than you expected him to? I man, I actually thought because of the size and everything, I was like, I think Floyd's. This is again, I, I didn't know what level. I mean, he he retired as we know a while ago, but as good as he is, I'm still like, how good is he going to be? So. um yeah, I mean the fact that what this went eight and like McGregor got knocked out early in ten when uh, when he and Floyd fought. Like if I'm the, if I'm the fucking Logan Paul, I'm thinking like you know what I'm saying. Like I made it through eight, and this world class champ over here made it what another round, a little more than change than me. And depending on how you look at it, I know that was a different Floyd, but still you're you're gonna chalk it up how you can. So yeah, man, like. I think the fact that you, you made it to the end of the finish line, uh, whether I know there's some conspiracy that Floyd held him up and blah, 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 but like you know, the fact that the history books gonna in going to say an exhibition, man, it went the full like that. I would hang my hat on that and like, if, it, it's like he said the he's an entertainer, the uh, F- Logan Paul. He comes out with the fucking Pokemon card, bro. I was like, what yeah. are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? You're entertaining. Like, that should have let you know right away this is not um, this is not Floyd and my daughter, bro. This is something right. else.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. So it's, uh, this it is what it is. And I'm interested to see Logan fight again. And I right. would not be upset at all to see Mayweather continue to do this. Like, you know, if, if Jake Paul beats Howard Woodley, they yeah. got it. They got it to do Jake and Floyd and, but I think that they would actually do that as a pro fight. Like I don't think Jake's gonna want exhibitions because he's only been doing pro lately. So yeah. like so they could actually that would be a humongous fight. Um and that would be just absolutely insanely
0: wild. Big numbers. Guaranteed big numbers there. But wouldn't Dutch you have big numbers, I guess, when we're Floyd Mayweather man? Um yeah. Yeah, very interesting to see what's coming up with that floyd said he uh, he said he was not gonna do many more of these if any of these but like you know he you know no no one uh with your nickname being money or i guess one of your nicknames that, that says a lot about what gets you back in that ring especially if you're gonna make big bucks like that would be um man let's get into it let's get into fight night stuff uh, we're gonna we're gonna kind of not go as in-depth in these because we really want to get into everything this Saturday, UFC 263. Of course, a couple title fights and ideas, uh, all kinds of names on this pay-per-view coming up this Saturday, June 12th, from Glendale, Arizona. Crowds will be riled up. Uh, before that, though, let's, let's glance over a little bit. This past weekend, from the apex, it was UFC Fight Night 189 or... UFC Vegas 28 or UFC on ESPN plus 47. Man, they're, they're knocking these out. Uh, we had some good finishes. We had a legit fight of the year possible contender um, as we're uh, creeping up halfway through 2021. But main event heavyweight division, uh, Rosie getting the first round finish over Augusto Sakai, uh, also getting a performance of the night bonus uh, for Rosenstrike bro. Uh, I mean, what? Not, not a ton to say really other than Great performance and, and things, uh something Rosie really needed.
1: Yeah, for sure. Because his last fight, I believe he won his last one, but then he had had, oh no, it was a surreal yeah. Gone fight. Yes, he yeah. lost
0: to Gone.
1: Yep. Um, so, I mean, his only losses in the UFC are to Anganu and Gone. um And like he's beaten, I mean, geez, Arlovsky, Overeem, JDS. I mean, all guys that are out of their prime, to be fair, but like, but legends i mean absolute legends guys that i that i'm always going to be a fan of um i mean that's the thing like like Rosenstrike, that that's like kind of what he he what he's known for right like he, he mm-hmm. tries to get you out of there as fast as possible this happened literally at the last second of the first round and <clears throat> he's just super dangerous like anytime he hits you it could be lights out Cause, cause what hurt Sakai didn't even look like that big of a strike. It was kind of like a, I think it was like a straight left maybe it or some something like kind of barely got him. And then, yeah. uh, and then Rosenstreich came around with the other hand and got him, got him cleaner and that was it. And yeah, I mean, we, you know, we've seen in like the Overeem fight where he had to fight through adversity where he was losing the fight and then wound up knocking him out like, like with one second left in the fifth round in that one. So, I mean, we've seen Strike overcome adversity to win fights where we mainly see him just go in, and, in there and just knock people out. Um, you know, that loss, um, that loss to Gone was a decision. So it's, it's, you know, it's one of those things where he didn't get stopped in that fight at least. So, he's in a, uh, he's in a very interesting position um, because now when we look at like the rankings for heavyweight, I know that they're doing um alexander volkov versus um sorry what's that
0: yeah volkov and gone is at the end of this month i think
1: yeah is it volkov and gone yeah that is at the end of this month yeah so i would i would say i think that's what i tweeted too is like after the fight i that's what i'd like to see next is probably him fight the winner of that fight even though he's already fought gone before right um Because when you look at the division, you have Francis and and, um, Derek Lewis. They're going to be fighting for the title. Stipe is going to want the winner of that. And then you also have to consider John Jones, possibly in that mix also. And then Curtis Blades is the only other person in that rankings, like in the rankings with these other guys, that Blades is coming off of a loss, so that's less attractive and... His actual fighting style isn't as fun as I think. Like, like for instance, like I really want to see um Rosenstrike and Volkov. Like, I think that would be okay. a really interesting fight.
0: Very
1: um, and I like to see him running back with Gone as well. Like, why not? I mean, because because the winner of that fight we get a title shot. So it'd be the trajectory I think is Gone and Volkov. If they fought Rosenstrike, the winner of that gets gets a title shot once, you know the. And Ganu, Lewis, Miocek stuff is figured out. Some of these guys might be in a limbo for a little while because Miocek's the big X factor right now. Like, John Jones may or may not happen. Like, that's all going to have to do with negotiating between Jones and the UFC. But, Sipe, I don't think is going to fight unless it's for the title. So, they have to figure that out too. Cause, like, I think yeah. they will give him another. Cause, I mean, they could sell a trilogy between him and Francis since they are one on one against each other. So, Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I see, um, that's kind of where I see Rosenstrike at. Like, he put himself back in a really, really good position in the division. And he is the kind of guy that does have the knockout power that I think he could, I think he could stop anybody. Like, he could be the champion of the world. Like, I I think Francis is is a much better fighter. Like, we saw that in their fight when they fought each other. But, but I think, I I think Rosenstrike could knock him out. I mean, like, I really do. So, um, he, he's a very interesting guy at heavyweight. So, I, I mean, he really, really good win for him this weekend.
0: Yeah, 33 years old is, uh, is Strike. He pushed his record to 12 and 2 now. Uh, very, these this next couple of years for him, and like just what you were saying there, I think we're going to see the best version of him we've ever seen. Going to keep getting better. Um, yeah, big win, big main event. Again, the performance of the night bonus in Rosie's pocket, uh, never a bad thing. Yeah, just quick add on that. Gone. I'm very excited for Gon Volkov. End of the month. That you, like you said, man, feels like the heavyweight division being shook out a little bit. Even with uh, that, the big question mark of Bones, who said he's it's going to be like maybe another year, maybe. Right. Uh, so, uh, always a question mark there. Um, excited about this one. Let's keep talking heavyweights, baby. The the co-main, uh, Marcin Tibera, with a also a first round finish over Walt Harris, TKO. Also with the performance of the night bonus, um, I know we we both are a fan of Walt Harris and everything he's had in his personal life. man. It's just been it's hard to watch. So that that absolutely shot him out, and we hate 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 that's how it went. But a, a outstanding performance by Tiberia.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. And and like we were like we were saying in the preview show for this, like. Tybera had a lot, a lot more momentum coming into this one. Like he was riding a four-fight winning streak, before, you know, and now he's on a five-fight streak. He's been looking very, very good, um, you know. And Walt Harris now has lost three in a row. And, and granted, it's to Overeem, Volkov, and Tybera now, but like, it's yeah, it's 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 rough because like all the personal stuff considered and everything, and it's like, man, you just really want to see Harris get a win and he always starts off so good like his it but i don't there's just something i mean i it's like part of me just chalks up to bad luck part of me is just the other people just having better game plans i mean i just you know but yeah i don't really know i i I feel like harris will get another chance like i think they just they need to give him like just like an unranked fighter like just like let harris go in there and it's like if you can't beat the unranked guy then like They'll, they'll probably go their separate ways. And hopefully they'll give Harris, like, a job with the company or something, like, if he needs any help for any reason. But, like, because, like, you know, just everything considered, like, I feel like every, people just need to kind of reach out a, a helping hand to Walt Harris whenever yeah. they can. Um, and so it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, but if he can go in there and, like, he smokes, like, some, like, unranked dude, then at least... No matter what happens from then on out, at least he could at least he could get a win. That you know, you know, it's I, it's 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 just so deep the whole thing with with you know an Blanchard and stuff. Just one of those things. Like I just have to I just have to imagine that Walt Harris would just love to be able to get a win after that, just to kind of like you know, that's like that's just got to feel like such an even bigger victory to like be able to to do that. So. Um, yeah, it's tough to see, but but all the credit in the world to Marcin Tabeira. Was yeah, great five,
0: five in a row, man. His last three decision win over Rothwell knocks out uh, or TKOs, I should say, Greg Hardy, and then of course the TK over Walt Harris. Uh, how do you think Tibera, I know you just went really in depth in the tippy top of the heavyweight division. Where do you think is a good matchup for Tibera Maybe in the next few months.
1: Well, he's in an interesting spot because now he's at number eight in the division, so. I mean, if Rosenstrike doesn't want to wait, or I mean, he wouldn't have to wait too long for the outcome of uh, of Volkov. And well, I guess it depends on with Volkov and gone, if there was any Mm -hmm. injuries or something, like depending on how rough that fight is. But like Tiberia isn't banged up. Rosenstrike isn't banged up. They both fought on the same show. Like you could definitely do that fight also. Like I I could see Tiberia and Rosenstrike as, like, the main event of, like, a fight night in, like, a month or two if both guys just, like, want to jump back yeah. in there because, you know, neither are injured. Um, and that'd be fireworks. The only problem there was you'd kind of be, like, eliminating a contender doing that. But I... But but at this point, Tibera is going to be in that position anyways, probably, because he's been beating guys that are ranked below him, like, like that are currently ranked below him. And, I mean, because, I, I mean, maybe you do Tybura and... Um, Oh, I forgot all about Shamil. That dude's number seven now. You could do that. Or you could yeah. do... Uh, or They're going to have to find someone for Blades to fight. Because, I mean, Blades still is ranked number four. He's just in a really tough position. Coming off of a loss. And also having two losses to Ngannou. So, like, he's just not going to get a title shot. Ever. So, so it's, you know... But he's still ranked number four. So, they got to... they Maybe maybe they do Tybura and, and Blades. Or maybe him and Shamil. I'm, I'm not sure.
0: No, oh, yeah, plenty to shake out in the heavyweight division. Fireworks in our co-main and main. The fight of the night, though, and without a doubt, most talked about fight, or one of, without a doubt, if not the most talked about fights of the year so far, just banging it out. Santiago Ponzinibbio and Miguel Baiza goes to unanimous decision win for Ponzi. You and I were both excited for this fight and lived up to the expectations. Man, I, I was like, I was going crazy
1: yeah this this was the one that I, I I've stolen from Ariel Hawani he calls it the people's main event yeah and, and chat, shout out to Ariel who's leaving ESPN uh, yeah, next I week interesting. Yeah, i I've, interesting just to guess I think he's gonna do his own thing I'm gonna so, guess I think I think he's I think he should uh he's a big enough
0: brand at this point by like his he's he's a brand at this point
1: yeah he's got like a million Twitter followers like he can he can build up his YouTube channel. Probably co-promote with other big, you know, MMA YouTube channels and stuff like that, like to, you know, help build audiences and stuff like I'd imagine. I mean, he might have gotten signed to like some massive deal with another network or I mean, he could even be doing like something with the NBA for all I know. You know what I mean? Like there's there's options for him. But I uh anyway, just shout out to Ariel. He's a guy that I was a fan of, you know, pre ESPN and a guy that I got to interview on my podcast and a guy that I just. I've got to meet and stuff and I'll be a fan of his no matter where he goes next. But so I just wanted to bring him up real quick since his name came up. But he he calls every every card. He'll uh, he'll name a people's main event like before the show starts, like the fight that he outside of the main event. What fight do you think, you know, was going to steal the show? And for me, going into the show, Baeza versus Nibia was definitely the people's main event and it completely lived up to the hype. This fight was awesome. Like I had Baeza winning the fight um, when we did our predictions, but I agree that Ponzinibbio. I believe he won rounds two and three, and it was it was a, just a great fight. Uh, Baeza looked really really good in the first round, and then with like ten seconds left in the first round, Ponzinibbio just like flipped a switch and just started like, it just like it, it was like because when Ponzinibbio came back in his last fight after being out for like three years or or however long it was. When he came back, he never really looked like himself. And then this first round with Baeza, he didn't really look like himself. And then with like ten seconds left in the first round, it's like he just like came right back into his body. It was like the weirdest thing. Yeah. And and he never looked back. The rest of the fight, he was a he was a, just a warrior. For the the second and third round, he won. And it's like it was it was the performance and the win that Ponzinibbio really needed. That has to be a humongous confidence boost for him. And now he's back to being like a legitimate contender at welterweight. So, I mean, that, that, that was a humongous victory for Ponzinibbio and an awesome fight for both those guys.
0: Yeah, without a doubt. Fighting light like, again, both get the 50K, was going to be one we talked about at the end of the year. Um, ah, man, it did, it did. I would say it stole the show, but I have 1,000,000% expected this one to do it. Uh, shout out both those guys. Great fight. Uh, anything else you kind of wanted to add on the prelim thing anything else? And then we were really going to hit the uh, the UFC 263 hard.
1: Yeah. Um, I would say, you know, shout out to Montana De La Rosa for the KO, the TKO rather over Ariana Lipsky. Um, you know, Alir Latifi getting a really, really, really close win over Tanner Bossier. Um I think most people think that Bozier won the fight. So some, I, but I mean, split decision, it was close. Yeah. Um, what else was on here that I might be missing? Um, I'm trying to think if there was anything else that was like really, really big because there was a lot of decisions. Mm-hmm. There was that eye poke, and that was like that was a bummer. Uh, yeah, not a whole lot more I can really can really touch on here. So, um, and Francisco Trinaldo fought on the on the prelims, and you know he's been around seemingly forever. The dude's 42 years old, and I first saw him fight when I was in like high school. So um you know always cool to see these some of these veterans who are still doing it and you know a fairly high level although he did get beat you know cleanly but it's mm-hmm. it's you know just you know throw that out there as well but uh but uh but yeah and, and actually shout out to uh to kirk for beating americani because americani is a really tough guy and he won that unanimous decision on the prelim so uh so yeah that, that that's what i'd uh, highlight there from from this past show
0: Great stuff, man. Uh, if you missed that, definitely go back and, and see some of those uh, those gifts or whatever on the on the internet. man. some really good finishes. Great fights. Now, it is UFC 263 time. We are mere days away. June 12th, this Saturday. Glendale, Arizona is going to be all kinds of riled up. Main event, middleweight title on the line. Israel Adesanya back in the cage. Rematch with Marvin Vittori. Co-main event, flyweight title on the line. Figgy versus Marino two, And then, of course, the five-round welterweight scrap between Leon Edwards and Nate Diaz. Basically, triple main event is what I'm saying. We've got Paul Craig on the main card, Daniel May on the main card. There's names throughout, but uh, so much to get into, man. We, there's no time like the present. Izzy versus Vittori, too, man. Uh, we have really been impressed by Marvin Vittori, uh, especially his last couple performances. How are you thinking this, this rematch goes?
1: Man, this is a this one's a tough one to call because like I do think Izzy's going to win. I think he's going to win again. Their first fight was a split decision. It was a very close fight.
0: Which also quickly I will say was also in Glendale, Arizona, weirdly enough. Oh, wow, April, yeah. April 2018 and as you just said, yeah, split decision win for Izzy. I didn't even realize that same place. That yeah, like, same place, man.
1: Um so yeah, they're doing this fight in Arizona? Yeah. Wow, I didn't even realize that. Wow, okay. So um like I knew that, but it didn't like hit me. I was like, that didn't even realize okay, that's wild. So yeah, man, I uh I, I think for Vittori though, something that I think is going to help him and hopefully give him a little more confidence. I mean, I shouldn't say that he needs it, but like, you know, give him confidence in going to the fight. If, if he can kind of mimic what Blahovich did to Adesanya, he can have a lot of success. Yes. Because Vittori does fight a similar type of style as Blahovich, So I think Vittori absolutely has a chance in this one. Absolutely. Once again, split decision the last time and a type of style that like, you know, Adesanya had a lot of trouble with Blahovich in the last one. So, you know, I got to go with, I got to go with my gut, though, which is Adesanya making adjustments. And there have been so many times that I've counted Adesanya out. And I mean, I pick against him pretty much every time he fights. I mean, it's like every time whether <laughs> you know, I, I, I had Costa beating him. I had Whitaker beating him. You know, I had Blachowicz beating him, but I was right about that one. But like um, I had him beating Romero. That was like but I was it was a really tough one to call yeah. at the time. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of people think Romero won, even though it was the most boring fucking fight ever. Um, but, but I can't, I gotta, I gotta go with Autisania here. Like, I feel like I've just, I've just picked it. I've counted him out too many times. I picked against him too many times. And although Vittori's style is similar to a guy like Blachowicz, it is also kind of similar to a guy like Whitaker and like Adesanya had no problem with Whitaker. So like, I just, I just feel like Adasani has more ways to win. His, his striking is more diverse. So I got to go at Israel Asani. What about you, man?
0: I'm going to be uh, three months out since that loss to Blahovic. I think he's going to be very motivated. I think, of course, this being his weight class. Uh, big fan of Marvin Vittori. Very impressed by this run he's on. Uh, but, yeah, going from uh, you know where he was his last fight, I know things fell through and Kevin Holland took it on short notice, but um, uh, you know five round decision decision win over Kevin Holland. This is an absolute different animal. Uh, I think Izzy wins, uh, but again, the last time the Tory lost was split decision. Uh, I think this is a good time for him. I think it's interesting being in the same place, maybe the same kind of routine, maybe um, that will place some kind of thought into you know the. the that superstitious side of being a fighter. Maybe it's good that it's in the same place. You want to kind of exercise those demons. So um, I'm excited for it, man, but I'm with you. Yeah. I think it's it's hard to pick out a Sonya at middleweight at all.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. Great, great matchup. Like this, this fight made sense too. Like Vittori's the right guy right now. Um, it was really between him and Derek Brunson for me. Like, for you, yeah, given, for real. You, know, you know, given who's like been winning and who they've been beating and, how Adesanya's already cleared everyone else out already, pretty much. So I mean, because I, 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 and as long as Whitaker is getting the winner of this is, which is what it seems like is going to happen, then the division's playing out exactly how I think it should. So I, I like all of this.
0: Yeah, very excited, man. That's your main event this Saturday, UFC 263. The co-main event, flyweight title on the line, Figueroa versus Brandon Marino Two. I'm going to catch you up real quick. Uh, they fought UFC 256. This was um, what, back in December 2020. So there's been, obviously, they got some time to really get into this one because Biggie was coming off the fastest championship turnaround. He had defended the title at UFC 255. 21 days later goes five rounds of just a scrap of Brook, however you want to say it. Majority draw win, of course, for Figgy. Uh, there was a point taken from him during that fight, which, of course, made it very crucial late. Uh, fight of the night. Here we are months later. Steven, how are you thinking about this rematch?
1: Well, it's definitely the match that needs to happen. Like, it absolutely had to be an immediate rematch coming off of that draw. So I love the booking of it. Um, I'm sure you'll remember for weeks leading up to when Figueredo defended the title against Alex Perez, I was saying it should have been Brandon Marino then. Yes, yep. Um, so like I've been on the Brandon Marino train. I, there's certain guys like guys like John Blahovich and stuff. Marino is one of those guys for me too, that I like really for whatever reason, like I just saw something in them where I was like, man, if, if they, if the right circumstances happen, like these guys can be champions. And Marino, like, I thought Figueredo was going to beat Marino, like, being honest, obviously. I mean, because yeah. Mar- F- Figueredo's looked so, so great. Yep. Um, but, man, Brandon Marino is a badass fighter. Like, this is an awesome rematch. I gotta take Figueredo in the rematch. Like, I gotta keep going with him because he has just been so good, and I think he is really great at making adjustments, um, not not to say that Marino isn't, but like we've just seen the proof yes. of it with Figueredo in and title fights over and over lately. So I've gotta go Figueredo, but this this is literally like of all the fights on this on this card, this is the closest one to just a 50-50 coin flip of a decision for me. But I'm gonna I'm gonna take Figueredo, but this will probably I mean, if this is anything like their first fight, this will probably be the best fight of the card, too. I mean, this is I, this could have been the main event also. Like, I like it, it makes sense that Adesanya and Vittori is the main event. Like, it should be. But if that fight wasn't on the show, Figueredo and Marino too would be enough to get my money. You know what I mean? So...
0: No doubt. Who
1: do you know, think is going to win?
0: I would. I think it's Figgy. It's hard to pick against him. Uh, the 21-day turnaround. The fact that he did have that point deducted to hopefully... Nothing like that happens this time. It's just enough for me to be laying. And like you're saying, very close. Uh, very excited for this fight. Other than the fight we're going to talk about in a minute, um, it's the one I'm most excited for. So, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Try- no, by no means taking anything away, Brandon Moreno. Absolutely needs this rematch. It uh, needed to happen. But, yeah, give me uh, Figueredo in, a, in an absolute banger this time by unanimous possibly split decision. But I- I'm thinking he squeezes out a unanimous one in a banger and retains that flyweight title. Um, man, it's time. And this is, we, we thought we were going to get it already. It got pushed. It's here. We're mere days away from Leon Edwards having a, a big fight, which we've all been saying for a while now. Leon Edwards is due a big-time fight, and he's in there with, with man, just an absolute star, 209. Nate Diaz back in the octagon, first time since November of 2019, which was, of course, the loss to masvidal uh i know me and you doesn't take much for us to get excited for a ds fight the fact that it's in there with leon and uh and all these other kind of stakes to it man this is exciting
1: yeah very very exciting um so yeah there's a lot of layers to this one so like with leon edwards i've been saying for a while that i would have been fine with leon edwards getting a title shot like a year ago like and still to this day like if they if they would have booked leon edwards versus um usman like instead of the rematch with masvidal and, and usman i would have been totally fine with it like i think leon edwards has already done enough to have earned a title shot based on what he's already accomplished in the ufc okay. i think he's a great great technical boxer and he he's been winning fights he's on a roll um and he's been very uh, very overlooked like it's uh criminally underlooked in my opinion or overlooked in my opinion rather like he he just he's a guy who you know he gets he's been passed up by fighters that have not accomplished what he's accomplished in the division you know it's happened more than one time uh for to edwards so i i think he deserves it has deserved a title shot. that's how that's how highly i think of leon edwards on the other hand you have nate diaz who on paper when I look, when I think of this stylistically, I think Edwards has the better technical boxing. Even though Diaz's boxing is very, very, very good, like I don't think anyone's gonna dispute like that. Nate Diaz has great boxing skills, uh, but I think yeah, I think Leon Edwards' boxing skills are actually better, and his kickboxing skills are probably better too. Like his actual, and we know the Diaz brothers t- traditionally have issues getting kicked in the leg, yep. um, which yep. Edwards could definitely potentially take advantage of, um, but. I'm picking Nate Diaz and the reason I'm picking Nate Diaz is because I think Nate can hold his own enough on the feet, but the second that Edwards either drops or Nate Diaz tries to get the Edwards onto the ground, Edwards is going to be a fish out of water on the ground and Diaz is going to have a massive advantage if he goes to the jujitsu game. So I, and I think that I think that Diaz, because of his pride, I think he'll want to stand and bang with edwards yes but but i but i think the second that he that he maybe gets gets hit a little more than what he what he's wanting and the second that he realizes that like edwards is vulnerable to either get taken down or, or or nate might be able to pull guard on him or something because the only problem we've ever seen edwards have in his ufc career is his loss to kamaru usman and that's because kamaru usman out wrestled him like just straight up got him on the ground and never just couldn't do anything about it. So he's vulnerable on the ground. So that that I just feel like Nate would be very smart to get this fight to the ground and to to work submissions. And that's why I'm taking Nate Diaz. What about you?
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm with Nate. It's probably my bias. It's that thing that the last time I doubted him uh was the the showtime when he returned, of course the the three-year layoff from Connor, I was very much like, I don't know, man. Showtime's looking good, I think. And then, of course, that was just a dominant performance by Nate. So, uh, and, and what's crazy too with these two is that you mentioned just how Leon's rocky road uh, to kind of get to this fight, this this big time fight. Rocky um,
1: road? Did you mean that pun? His nickname's Rocky. Uh,
0: maybe <laughs> I did. Maybe I didn't. I will. I will leave that up to the to the uh, to the fans. Um, mm-hmm. But they both, I mean, he fought, Leon fought Bilal Muhammad back in March, just a few months ago. That was a no contest. But uh, before then, his his last fight was 2019. So uh, both kind of, you know, at least match up in that way, way too, have had have, have big layoffs and know what that's like to come back from. So um, I'm excited for it, man. I'm with you. I think Nate does enough. I, I Expect him. I mean, um both of us have watched our Diaz brothers' fights. I, mean, I would say the same thing. Expect him to want to bang. Expect him to want to prove he's the premier uh, standard, of the fighter in this. But um, at a certain point, you have to understand. Hey, it's same with Connor. Like I know I could put you down. I'm going to do it. Um, this is an exciting fight, man. Again, I would keep saying it because it is. This is the main event. I mean, we. We say triple main event on these big-time loaded cards, but all three of these fights are legit main events. I believe this is going to be a five-round fight between Leon and Nate. It was planned to be. I think they're still doing it. So, um, all kinds of numbers. I can't wait to see the, the pay-per-view numbers on this one. Saturday, June 12th. This, this freaking weekend, man, we get a Diaz-Brother fight, uh, both on the same page there. Uh, let's move on and talk about – let's actually talk about the Damian Maya fight. I'm really interested. We just talked a little bit – I mean, mentioned Bilal Muhammad, who was in the, the fight with Leon, the eye poke that ended the second round at March. He's on this card, on the main card as well, fighting Damian Maya. Uh, Bilal, man, how do you feel about – you know, he kind of – we were saying starting to really build some momentum before that ipoke. poke. Uh, how do you think he does in here with, uh, with Damian who – coming off that loss to Gilbert Burns back in March of last year.
1: Yeah, I think Muhammad's going to look good in this one. I, like, I think I actually have Muhammad winning. I think that Damian Maya, obviously he's going to be, he's always going to be incredibly dangerous on the ground. But I think like Muhammad lately, like especially lately, has been super aggressive on the feet. And like, I think if he can really like ambush Damian Maya, I don't think Damian Maya's striking will be, will be able to hold up. Yes. And, and you know, I just don't I don't think Muhammad's going to, like, try to take him down because I think that Maya is just just way too good on the ground that I think I, I honestly think I, anybody's a fool for going to the ground with Damian Maya willingly. Like, that's for like me. a yeah, that's like just the worst game plan ever if you do that. So um, I think Muhammad just keeps it standing. And I mean, Damian Maya will probably shoot like some doubles and stuff like trying to get it to the ground. Like I think he'll actually try to wrestle him and and do everything he can to get it, to get it down to the ground. But um, I got to go with Muhammad. He just, he's really putting it all together right now. Uh, If you don't, you know, if you don't count the Leon Edwards, no contest, you know, he's on a uh, four fight winning streak against really good fighters. I mean, like Lyman goods, a former Bellator champion, Diego Lima is always dangerous. And his, his Diego's brother uh, Douglas is like, you know, arguably the best welterweight fighter in the world. Well, I say arguably Usman. I feel like you got to say Usman, but like, but Diego or, uh, yeah, Diego Lima's, you know, or not Diego, Douglas Lima's been, you know, really doing his thing over in Bellator. He's an awesome fighter. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I just got it. My my gut's just saying Muhammad. And, and also, how old is Muhammad? He's got to be significantly younger. 32. Like 32, yeah. Yeah, and Damien's 43. So, yeah you know, over a decade younger, I, I just, I just feel like on paper this, once again, this goes to the ground. It's going to be all Damian Maya, but I think that Muhammad's going to be able to keep this standing. And I, and I think if he, if he has a good game plan and he really swarms him, I think he can get him out there within the first two rounds. Like just, 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 if he's just head hunting, just nonstop going for a finish.
0: Yeah. Well, that's May, Maya's last loss. Uh, the last fight was his last loss. You go Burns. He got finished in the first round. Think it could happen here. I do as well. Uh, I'm with you. I think Bilal Mahal is very high on him um, these last couple of years, man. Since 2019, we've really seen him take in that kind of next step. Uh, so I do. I expect Bilal to bounce back, get a win. The opening fight, at least on this list of the main card, man, it's an exciting one. Again, this whole, this whole five fight, fight main card is just banger after banger. Uh, undefeated with one no contest. Jamal Hill coming off his finish of OSP back in December of last year. In there with Paul Craig, man, light heavyweight scrap. Uh, Both guys winning a lot. Craig hasn't lost since 2019, coming off a finish of Shogun Hua. Man, uh, this is another one that I think people may be kind of sleeping on, uh, and I think we get some good stuff in in the opener.
1: Yeah, I love this matchup. Uh, Paul Craig's ranked number 14. Jamal Hill is ranked number 15. So we have 14 versus 15 and so like rankings wise this makes perfect sense uh stylistically this is going to be a lot of fun uh paul craig is actually one of my favorite fighters in the whole company to watch like i'm a really big fan of his i love his nickname the bear jew um i i think he he's um he's scottish i believe um I love
0: yes, scottish himself. like i love yeah. when he's one of those he hits the curtain if you will and you're just like i'm in
1: yeah, yeah, very, very likable, and yep. he's a guy who I've seen fight through adversity before too. Like, be you know, down in in certain fights, and then turn it around and get big wins. Um, like, I remember a few years ago when he fought Inkalayev, he was like getting beat down, and then in the third round, he threw up a triangle choke and got the finish got literally with one second left. Incredible. Like, I mean, just the guy's got a ton of heart. When he went in there, he had that draw against Shogun a couple years ago. And that fight was incredible. And then he wound up getting the win when they had the rematch. So, like, Paul Craig's got a lot of good momentum right now. And Jamal Hill, undefeated, And like you mentioned, beat OSP in his last one, knocked him out in the second round, Um, beat Darko Sosik also. I mean, like, there's, you know, Daquan Townsend a couple years ago. Like, there's some pretty good names here, um, especially OSP, you know, being the biggest one for sure. And OSP missed weight in that one also. So even bigger W to Paul Craig. And uh speaking of missing weight, um, how about a reverse of a shout out to Flash Thompson? But um mm-hmm. <laughs> but, <laughs> but um yeah, that's gonna be the most inside baseball joke in the history of this show. Um but uh Flash Thompson missed weight for pro wrestling. But um <laughs> but anyway, Jamal Hill. Good I mean this is going to be a really fun fight I'm going to take Paul Craig because I think he has more ways to win I think Paul Craig could potentially win on the feet because he does have very very good striking but I think he's going to be light years ahead of Jamal Hill on the ground which has kind of been a theme of a lot of the fights that I've been saying on this show is a lot of these guys I think their their key to success is going to be their jujitsu. jitsu um, like even for Damian Mai who I think is going to lose to Bilal Muhammad like if that hits the ground he's he's gonna win like yeah. now he's gonna win so like paul craig i don't think he has quite like the knockout power that jamal hill has but i think that he just has way more ways to win and we've seen him like i said we've seen him in situations where he's got cracked and it looked like he was going to be done and finished and then he comes back to win the fight so for those reasons i'm taking uh paul craig over jamal hill what about you
0: I really want to take Hill. Uh, I really want to, to say that the streak continues. He looked, you know, OSP came in a little overweight, and uh, and Hill still got the finish in that. Um, I hate that it happened to Ovince. I'm a big fan of him, but anytime a fighter does miss that weight and lose, I just feel like that's how it. You know, that's that's what happens. You gotta do your job. Um, so I love. That was very happy for Hill that night. Uh, my brain. I think you're right. I think you summed it up perfect. I think Craig has more ways to win. Uh, we know he's tough. Uh, I, I, I can't wait to see it. If Jamal wins, I be or Jamal Will Hill wins, I'm going to be fired up. But I think you're right. I think Paul Craig has a great performance and keeps this momentum going as maybe the, you know, that one, the least talked about guy that you should be talking about right now in the light heavyweight division because he can do it all. and He's so tough
1: yeah for sure and and like and whoever wins this fight their next one's gonna be probably cracking the top 10 of the division so i mean this is yeah and then once you get into that top 10 then you're looking at like some pretty big some pretty big names and then some pretty big up-and-comers too i mean it's it's starting to become more and more of like a shark tank of a division because you know while jones was the champion he just seemed he was just so much better than everyone else that like you know it made everyone else look so human and Blahovich has kind of been that guy since then. But like me and you are marking out hard that you know we're getting Blahovich to share in a few months. Yeah. So like so like that's you know that's gonna happen. But then like when you look at the rest of the division, like Prohaska, like he's looking awesome. Like he's pro he probably should get the next title shot after Teshere and Blahovic. Um you have Alexander rockets who's looking awesome as well. These are two guys who have never gotten title shots that are in the mix. And then you got the bigger name guys who have already had chances, like Thiago Santos, Dominic Reyes, and Anthony Smith. Um, and then you have other guys like Ankalaev and Volkanosimir and um, Nikita Krylov, Johnny Walker. Um, that's like basically the the level of guys you're looking at after this. So it's like this is this is going to be big for the winner. They're going to really be in that mix with uh, with some of these big names and some of these kind of contender level guys. So um, so yeah, I'm very very much looking forward to that um obviously the people's main event on this show is is the nate diaz leon edwards fight um and it's wild too like you mentioned before with them being you know nate diaz being such a big name like even with two title fights on the show nate diaz is still the most recognized name on the show for sure um worldwide so um so yeah i i'm i'm i love that uh i love the main card that all five of these fights because even the fights that are like the the muhammad maya and the um craig and hill fight like those fights would be main events of like espn plus fight nights you yeah know what i mean for real. so yeah this is this is all great stuff great pay-per-view
0: great pay-per-view uh, we're gonna hit a couple of the prelim fights and then of course steven will hit us on some deep cut ones to keep an eye on. and then uh and then we'll get out of here for the week and get y'all uh all ready for ufc 263 saturday night uh I know it's not listed as the main event of the prelim card, but I wanted to to lead off with uh, Eric Anders Darren Stewart. We're getting the rematch. Of course, these two, if you don't remember, fought back in March. Anders landed a an legal knee, uh, it was really gross to uh, to Stewart, who was if I'm remembering the right one, and now it's rematch. We're getting it this weekend. Both exciting fires. Both love to uh, to get the finish. Uh, how do you see this one going? Hopefully, to a finish legally this time.
1: Yeah, if I remember correctly, I think this happened right around the same time as the Sterling and Yawn thing, mm-hmm. because I remember it being like, how in the hell do you throw an illegal knee right yeah. after this?
0: Yes, I saw, think like... you actually did talk about that, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, so it was something like that, I think. Um, I like Eric Anders a lot, I like Darren Stewart a lot, I, Darren Stewart, shout out to the dentist who... Yeah. I mean, who Definitely stole that name from Wolf of Dennis Stanson from Up My Ducks 2. But yes. but Eric Anders, I've talked about him on the show before, but for new listeners, like, um, I really, really respect him as a person. After I saw him in Atlanta, he fought on the, I'm pretty sure it was the Robbie Lawler, Tyron Woodley card. And I was there live and, and I saw Anders fight in, in the prelims and he lost his fight. And he went up into the crowd after like, like way later, like it was like an hour later. I just noticed he was sitting like a section over from me with his family. And it was like, it was clear. It was like his mom and his dad. And like, you know, there was like a group of people there for him and he was there. They were all like, Oh, you know, good try and everything. And he just wanted to spend some time with his family. And there was all these fans walking up to him, like looking for pictures and autographs. And it would have been so easy for him to just be like, I mean, most people probably just been like, hey, fuck off. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going through some shit right now. Um, and even in a more polite way, you'd kind of be mm-hmm. like, hey, like, I'm just with my family. Like, he was the opposite of that. He was, like, smiling and autographs and everything. Like, you know, you could tell he was bummed out he lost the fight. But it was like he wasn't going to turn away the fans that, that wanted to come and support him and, like, and get pictures with him and stuff. And every person who was, who was there in that section that I saw walk up to him. He put his arm around him. He got he took a selfie with him. I saw him signing stuff. And it was like that that was just really cool to see. Like, cause he could have so easily either been a dick about it or just told them, hey, like, you know, y'all just saw me lose out there. Like, I I just wanted to hang out with my family a little bit. Cause part of it too is obviously he's in the crowd. Like his family didn't get like they might have gotten comp tickets to the show, but they didn't get anything be I mean, it was like, you know, they weren't like the best seats. You know what I mean? It's like they were they all it wasn't like they were given like the VIP treatment, and they were all backstage. Like he had to come out into the crowd to like sit with his family. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, so it's like I I really really respected how he how he treated the fans. I, I so I I loved seeing that. And then Darren's and, and he's a great fighter too. Um, a guy who you know with the football <coughs> football background, I know he was like a big deal. Yep. It Was Alabama, I think.
0: University of Alabama.
1: Yep. Yeah, so um, and he's had a rocky road in the UFC. He's, he has a lot of losses, but. He fights good fighters consistently and he always brings the fight. So I like watching him. And then you got Darren Stewart on the other hand, who's very similar, very hot and cold. So like it it, but has a lot of knockout power and and like has a submission game and stuff. So it's like I I like the matchup a lot. I'm taking Eric Anders. Similar, I've said it a lot throughout the show, but for similar reasons where I just think he has more ways to win. Like if Anders takes down Stewart I don't think Stewart's gonna have a great time on the ground like I don't think Andrews is necessarily gonna submit him but I mm-hmm. think Anders has enough enough competency on the feet that if he's in trouble he can start using his wrestling and I think his wrestling is gonna be better than Darren Stewart's so once again just because I think he has more ways to win I gotta go with Anders for this one what about you
0: yeah I'm biased I'm an Eric Anders guy I am not an Alabama fan but I'm uh obviously where we live I watch a lot of SEC football, so I enjoy watching him play football. I've rode with him through the UFC. I think I think it's an exciting fight. I can't wait for it. But yeah, you summed it up again, man. I think Anders just can do a little bit more, uh, and I hope he does hit the win because I was a fan anyway. And then the, when you told me that story um, about him, in the you know live at the show like that, that, that just it does. It's it's awesome um, to see someone appreciate the fans. That's just just. Makes me like it more. So uh, that's prelim on uh, ESPN, Darren Stewart, Eric Anders. Uh, The other one I really wanted to ask you about, and then I figured you kind of hit the other ones. I may not ask about main event prelim card on ESPN. Drew Dober, Brad Riddell should be, should be a scrapper man in the lightweight division.
1: Yeah. I like this one a lot. Like Drew Dober is very dangerous. Like he can get fast knockouts. Very, very powerful. Uh, Brad Riddell is he's the same way, but lately he's been winning decisions, but he's been winning. I mean, like he's won his last one, two, three, four, five, six fights in a row. Mm-hmm. The last four have been decisions. One of them was a split decision, but the rest were unanimous. Uh he only has one loss in his whole career, he's currently sitting at nine and one. Uh, but Dober, he just he's just fought higher level competition more yeah, consistently. Dude. Um, and he has big wins over guys like Alexander Hernandez, Nassan Halperest, Uh, Marco Polo Reyes yeah all finishes um and all within the first two rounds so like most of them in the first round so I mean I remember I remember Dober getting on my radar when he knocked out Josh Berkman because I've always liked Berkman and I was like oh damn like who the hell is this dude and he had already been around for a while but I didn't really realize how good he was until until that happened and since then um Really, his only blunders have been, you know, losses to Benil Darius, who is a fantastic fighter, who's like, in, right you know, absolutely in the title mix, you know, and Islam Makachev, who I could say very similar things about Makachev is a very, very good fighter. And both of these guys beat him with submissions. One was a triangle arm bar, one was an arm triangle choke. So that's, that's Dober's um Achilles heel is his, is his, um. A lack of ability to stop submissions to high level guys, but Brad Liddell. I don't think Brad Riddell um, poses that threat to him because Riddell's main weapon is going to be his stand up, and I think Dober's stand up is just more dangerous than Riddell's is at least more powerful. So I'm going to take Drew Dober. What about you?
0: Yeah, um, I'm with Dober. Just the, the a point you always bring up before I do that I think is so important is you see. The, the level of the talent each have been in there with, and you look at this list that dober has been in there with, man, and, like, these are just some names that jump out to you. Because of that, yeah, I, I lean that way. Um, an exciting fight, man, literally from, like, I mean, I, I, every prelim up, but really from, like, the Lauren Murphy, Joanne Calderwood, from that fight up, I mean, there are some serious stakes and just some real scraps, man, on this card. Um, what else would you, you know, kind of point out on the uh, the prelim or the early prelim?
1: Honestly, like the yeah, those other fights that you just alluded to, like the on the prelims, like Lauren Murphy versus Joanne Calderwood, like that's a big fight for Flyweight. Yes, um, because Murphy arguably has done enough to get a title shot already, she's won four fights in a row, and you know, two of those names in there were Roxanne Mottaferri and Andrea KGB Lee, who you know, Monteferry's a big wild card in the division because. You know, she looks like someone who shouldn't be able to beat top level fighters, like when you see her, like technically fight, but she's always dangerous and she does beat a lot of really good fighters. Yes. And Andrea Lee has, I believe, her, I think Andrea Lee's last fight, she like smoked her opponent, didn't she? Yeah, Antonita Shevchenko she, with the arm, the triangle arm bar where she went uh, belly down on that. That yes, was that nasty. Was, that was um, awesome. She went belly down and put it underneath her own armpit, like, like just and cranked, man. That was nasty. So, um, So the point is, Lauren Murphy has beaten some really damn good fighters. And, you know, Joanne Calderwood, she, I'll never forget last year when she was booked to fight Valentina Shevchenko for the flyweight title. And Shevchenko had to, like, push the fight out, like, a couple months for whatever reason. And Calderwood, instead of just waiting the title shot out, took a fight against jennifer maya and then jennifer maya beat her Mm -hmm. so then jennifer maya wound up fighting shevchenko so now calderwood is in this position of having to like re-earn a title shot that she lost by just staying active essentially so she beat jessica i in her last fight so she bounced back from the maya loss and has beaten i who's a very good fighter so you have two women in murphy and calderwood who this is basically a number one contender fight, as far as I'm concerned. Like, the winner of this, you can't really say... Because, like, if, if I pulled the division up, Shevchenko's already beat Andrade, she's beat Chukagian, and then and she's beat Murph... So, Laura Murphy's number three underneath them. Then you have Jennifer Meyer right under, right under there, who, who she's already beaten. You have Cynthia Cavillo, who I think is coming off a loss. I could be wrong. Um... And then you have Joanne Calderwood. So, like, the only people who would make sense to fight Shevchenko next would be the winner of Calderwood and Murphy. So, this is huge. As far as I'm concerned, like I said, number contender fight. This is the kind of fight that, like, if the main card wasn't so stacked, this really should be on the, the pay-per-view. Like, because, given the circumstances. And and it really is a good matchup on paper. Um, I'm taking Lauren Murphy. Once again, common theme with this one. I just think once again, just more ways to win. Like, I think I think Calderwood has really good stand up or like, you know, pretty good stand up. And but her her weakness has been losing submissions and Lauren Murphy can submit people. So it's like, you know, she only I think she only has the one submission in her last fight, but she's proven that she is very competent on the ground and she has a lot of decision wins. And then most of her wins are, are, are knockouts or are TKOs. So it's like, I, I just, I got to go with Laura Murphy in that one. Um, so I would say that. Do you want to throw a prediction out for that one?
0: Yeah, man, I want to pick JoJo. Uh, but you, you, you know five losses, three by submission. Um, I think the stakes itself, as you keep talking to, are just huge. But it's also for for Calderwood. If she can win this fight, if she gets through Lauren Murphy and wins and doesn't get submitted like we think she very well could. I mean, not only is that a big win and has in the title uh, right there with a the title shot probably, but, you know, mentally that that is a huge win. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going Lauren Murphy, but I really love this fight.
1: Yeah, that fight's awesome. Uh, and then uh, you got uh, Evalov versus Dowadoo, and Dowadoo has won his last five in a row. Evelov is undefeated 14 0. So, I mean, this is, this should just be a good fight. Uh, Neither guy has fought like super high level competition in the UFC, but they've been featured really. uh, Like, I know Dowd has fought on a lot of the, uh, not on the pay per view card for most of them, but like he's been on the prelims, a lot of pay per views. So, he's, he's becoming more and more recognizable to those of us who, you know, who watch the pay per views each month. And, um, Evelov's coming off that win over Nick Lentz, who's who's a tough opponent. So it's uh, I, I like that matchup a lot. I mean, two two guys. Dawadu is only twenty nine. Evelov's only twenty seven. So they're about the same age. They're both probably in their you know their physical primes right now. So um, so that's a good matchup. And just for the sake of making prediction. I'm going to say that Evalov gets the win. Um, although both are coming off the of split decision wins. I mean, they're having a lot of close fights, but I'm going to take Evlov in that one.
0: I'm going to go actually the other way. I'm going to go Daoudou, looking, Actually, no, no, I'll take that back. I, I'm, I've got my, I'm my math. It's Evlov who's winning a lot of unanimous decisions. is winning a lot of split decisions. So, yeah, I'm with you. I, I'm going to say Evalov just uh, a little bit better.
1: Yeah, yeah, I feel the same way. And then you've got, let's see what else we got. We got um uh, Matt, for Macho, for yeah, that,
0: that yeah, that, uh, that that should be fun.
1: That should be fun. Fravola, I'll I'll remember him being the first guy to beat Violent Bob Ross. Um Pat, Pandy Kinzad and Alexis Davis, that's another good fight. I mean, Alexis that's Davis right. has been around forever. Um, she finally snapped a three fight losing streak um just a couple months ago. So, and she beat Mazo, and Mazo's a really tough fighter. Um and Panny Kinzad, I knew her from Invicta, I think. I gotta look at her record, but I knew yeah, I knew her from Invicta beforehand. She was really good in Invicta. Um, and she is now one of her last three in a row in the UFC over mm-hmm. really good fighters over Jessica Rose Clark, Best Correa and sajar Eubanks I mean, that's oh, yeah, that's impressive. So Kinsad could add another kind of like legendary name, like Alexis Davis, not you know, probably not a UFC Hall of Famer, but like Somebody who carries carries weight. Yeah, carries weight exactly. She's been around a minute and she's fought a lot of good fighters, so that's a good fight there. And I'll take you know I'll take Kinzad there. And the last thing I'll bring up is I always like to watch Chase Hooper.
0: Yeah,
1: he's now 21 years old, so he can legally drink, which is (laughs) uh, fun to know, uh, and that he can actually get into the bars in Las Vegas now. Although this fight will be happening in uh, in Arizona, but I'll never forget when he won his UFC debut over Daniel Tamor and it was 2019. So he was, he would have been like, I guess 19. I know he wasn't 21. Obviously he's 21 now. And I remember his post fight interview was like the funniest. Cause like they're talking to him. I think it was Rogan, you know, interviewing him. And he's like, he's like, you know, Hey, how are you going to celebrate? You know, you're sorry. I'm at my microphone. You're mm-hmm. the, uh, you're the youngest UFC fighter. you know on the roster. How are you going to celebrate tonight? And he was like, yeah, yeah, I can't wait. You know, me and my family are gonna go to the M and M's museum, and <laughs> and then he was like talking about how like peanut M and M's were his favorite types of M and M's, and like he was, it was like it was, a ch- I mean, it was an actual teenager. You know what I mean? It was like it was hilarious. And then, and then he, uh, then he trolled Jorge Masvidal in that one video, and because Masvidal didn't know that he would that this kid Chase Super was even in the UFC. And Hooper walked up to him and was like, hey, why'd you do that to my dad? And Masvidal was like, who's your dad? And Chase Hooper was like, Ben Askren. And Masvidal was like, oh, is that, oh, for real, man? Like, I'm so sorry. Like, he felt mad. He was like, I'm so sorry, man. Like, you know, it's just like, what you got to do. And, and then Hooper like revealed he fights in the UFC. And Masvidal was like, no fucking way. <laughs> but, um, but so Hooper's hilarious. I, he's funny. Um, I love that whole thing where it's like, Basically, like the family is like Ben Askren, um Chase Hooper and uh and Sean O'Malley, like they all look like siblings. Um <laughs> so um like Chase Hooper is what Sean O'Malley looked like before he discovered weed, is how I feel about it. Like Same. before like, like once Sean O'Malley discovered weed, he like grew his hair out, did the dreads, got the braids and stuff, started getting face tats. Chase Hooper hasn't discovered weed just yet but this is what he used to look like (laughs) um but um but i hooper is a very fun fighter to watch he beat peter uh peter barrett in his last fight with a heel hook uh his only loss in his career is to bruce leroy who's obviously a, a very high level fighter so i'm looking forward to seeing chase hooper again and now that you know he's allowed to actually go into a bar after he wins a fight or you know wins or loses regardless like whether he drinks or not, it's just good to know that he's not going to get carded and not be allowed to do his own after parties. So, um, <laughs> for real. So, yeah,
0: shout out to Chase Hooper. Oh, no, yeah, UFC 263, we've got huge main card, we've got a big prelim card, early prelim fun, uh, ESPN Plus, ESPN, and of course, the pay-per-view over on ESPN Plus. We're Before we get out of here, though, we actually had some fun news kind of come out right when the we started recording, but... Uh, after being uh, released from the UFC a couple months ago, Alistair Overeem going back to the kickboxing roots. will be joining up with Glory, signing a deal there. Man, uh, what are you? Uh, what are your thoughts on Alistair back in the kickboxing realm?
1: I like it. I like it a lot. I think it's probably better for his. I mean, like it's never good to get you know hit in the head repeatedly, which you know, there's 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 basically proof I think that you know, without getting into a whole a whole conversation about it you know like in mma you know i don't there's definitely going to be fighters who are going to have like head issues like it's just going to happen um but i think that there's just a much higher rate of it in boxing and kickboxing because of the repeated blows like in mma usually if you get you get clocked clean like the fight's gonna get it's gonna get stopped um but in boxing like you know you get knocked you get knocked down you stand back up you get knocked down again, you stand back up, you're taking jabs and and hooks to the face over and over again. um so from that perspective, it's a little it's a little worrisome a little bit just because of how how old Overeem's getting and how many fights he has between boxing, kickboxing, and mixed martial arts yeah. in his career. But from like a safety standpoint on the other side of it though, like it does seem like a lot safer option just because you know he doesn't have to worry about getting put on the ground and taking elbows to the head. Like, you know, he doesn't have to worry about that aspect of it. He can just go out there. It's just kickbox. I say just kickboxing, but it's just, it's just one style of fighting. You're not having to worry about so much of the other stuff and training all the other stuff. And, you know, I think he'll be able to tell pretty quickly, like when he gets in there, if he can hang or not still. And there's no reason to really think that he can't hang um you know his chin might be a little more compromised than you know the last time he was competing in in kickboxing but you know I, and there's there's some fights there like i mean i'd like to see him fight Bader Hari again for sure if they want to do that so like there's um there I, I i like it i i think it's a good option i was really expecting him to go to Bellator that's really what i thought was going to happen um i mean i guess he still could but i i like the decision and i also think that over him being in glory kickboxing is going to bring more attention back to the sport of sure. kickboxing in general. And I think that's always a good thing when you have just more options as a combat sports fan. So, um, so I like the move. No, I'm, I'm
0: here for, I'm very excited for, for man, Alistair will in the, in the kickboxing. I'm here for it, man. Um,
1: that's all we've got
0: for this week. Of course, we'll be back next week. We're going to talk all about UFC 263, all the fallout there. We're going to be previewing a pretty wild card, I believe, the next weekend. Double check in. The 19th is the next fight night after this coming up weekend. We've got Korean Zombie versus Dan Ige. That's going to be incredible. That's going to be incredible. Rumors of Matt Brown and Diego Lima fighting on that. So uh, we're going to be previewing all that next week. Of course, all the the stuff of UFC 263. We hope you have as much fun as we do uh, when that pay-per-view happens. I mean, we're we're all fired up over here. If you're gonna get over on Twitter, please follow me at Bose K-O B K, man. Always a pleasure being on here with you, bro. Yeah, always
1: a pleasure having you on. Glad we did this again. And yeah, if y'all want to follow me on Twitter, it's fight talk underscore F I G H T T A L K underscore. If you want to watch some independent professional wrestling, check out IWTV.live or independentwrestling.tv. Use code FIGHTTALK, F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K, all is one word with no space. And just throw that in the promo code spot on IWTV.live or independentwrestling.tv. And that helps me out, it helps Mo's out, it helps the whole channel out, the whole podcast and stuff. So uh, we very much appreciate it if you all do that um i'll be actually doing the watch along for this with sean ross sap on the fightful youtube channel for uh for this upcoming ufc 263 so if y'all want to join us live it'll be me and him we can't show the fight footage because we don't want to kick kicked off youtube but you know we'll be on there basically doing commentary for basically like a fight companion type thing watch along and uh, that's going to be a lot of fun so that's once again on the fightful youtube channel (coughs) um <clears throat> sorry yeah and if uh if y'all happen to hear this you know i'll be going live in a couple hours you'll have to probably catch the replay because it'll be too late but um i'm gonna be talking about the mighty ducks game changers and the mighty ducks trilogy over on the fightful twitch channel yeah. uh later today so i am really looking forward to that um so yeah there's a lot of good stuff going on and i'll keep everyone up to date on my youtube shows and and all the stuff i'm doing this week um on my twitter once again at fight talk underscore so uh Mose, you got anything else before we sign off? 209. 209. Stop motherfucker. What up? Um, <laughs> yeah, so I'll uh yeah, so for jumping Johnny Mosley, I'm Steven Jensen. We'll be back here next week talking some more mixed martial arts.